The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Welcome to Real Estate Milestones, where we explore fascinating topics in commercial real estate with knowledgeable industry experts. I'm your host, Ben Malik, and I'm a young real estate professional who is passionate about adding value to people's lives through the incredible power of real estate. My goal is to help you discover what the heck is going on in the industry and how you can get involved. This is Real Estate Milestones, where your future in real estate lies just around the corner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Estate Milestones. Today, we have Aaron Kramer on the show. He's a good friend of mine. We met a, a couple of months ago um, and been been keeping in touch ever since. He's in the construction industry, so has some expert knowledge in that field and is um, a LP on one multifamily deal and has invested in two single family fix and flips. So um, we are going to chat a little bit about investing and our investing goals and then also um, get a little bit of insight into construction industry and kind of what goes on there. So Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. So um, what's your first milestone in real estate? Sure. So, um, you know, about a year and a half ago, it was really the beginning of 2021 um, where I was gearing up to get, to get involved in real estate and uh, finally found the confidence to, to jump into it and um, purchase, you know, a small single family property um, in, in my, my area, the Baltimore area. Um, and it was, you know, that was, it was a lot leading up to that one point. Um, and finally when I got that confidence and, you know, jumped in and started looking at properties and was able to buy that first one and, and, um, and fix and flip it. Um, that was, that was the first milestone and that, you know, really set the ball rolling to, you know, to start to learn more, do more, um, and get more and more involved, um, in the, you know, the real estate space. So it was a great, great way to, Great way to jumpstart, you know, um, this this career, this you know, this part of what I, what I'm doing. Yeah, well, um, kudos for for jumping in and um, figuring it out. I guess I want to take this to uh, what were what were some of the issues that came up in your first deal? I guess let's <laughs> illuminate it more. What were the fears leading up to you entering your first deal? Did any of those fears materialize? And like, kind of what was the lessons that you took from it that you 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 don't want to you know you don't want to do again? Yeah. So, you know, the first, the first moment I had some fear was when I wrote that check for the first, for the, you know, the first check to buy it, that was, uh, that was, that was a big check. And that was definitely, you know, it was pretty nerve wracking. Um, but really, you know, one of, one of the issues with the property um, was it was, it was a small property um, and going into it, I, you know, the reason I, I bought it was because it was small. So it was, you know, it was easy enough to, to purchase by my own. I didn't take any financing on it. Um, but because it was small, it had a, you know, it was harder, harder to sell. It wasn't as, you know, uh, you know, people didn't look for, for a property that, that size. Um, and so that it was a little bit hard to sell. Um, and, and that was one thing which, you know, I was aware of, but now that I you know, went through that, I understand, you know, even more just what people want, what people look for and, you know, you know, what size a property is. And that, that plays an important part into how marketable it is, you know, after, after being done. Um, another thing, which is, you know, a common problem in any asset of real estate is a schedule, right? Had a contractor in there who, who did a good job, um, but, you know, was, was, was slower than, than I wanted, slower than we had, you know, discussed and, 
you know, had to, you know, you know, sit there and, you know, push them to get things done. And eventually we got it done, but, you know, behind schedule. And that's always something that, um, you know, I've spoken to many other investors and it's a common problem and it's, it, it's hard to find somebody who's, you know, really quality, can stick to a schedule. So that's, you know, that's an, that's an ongoing thing. And that's just certainly just something to be aware of. Um, yeah. that, that can hurt you, you know, not just in terms of, you know, money that you spend in, you know, holding a property while, you know, things are getting done longer than anticipated, but, you know, market conditions change. And if you, you're, you know, if it's holding, if it's too long and, you know, just things can go not in your favor and uh, hurt you that way too. So schedule is always an important thing. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I guess you, it sounds like you financed it, um, all cash, you're able to buy it, um, out but if let's say you had to take on a, a you know private money or hard money that it's very expensive lending with high interest rates so um a common phrase i hear is um saving a, saving a minute or saving a day is better than saving a dollar because <laughs> you know when you're paying such high interest rate that really you know getting the job done in a timely manner is what's gonna um you know be the most beneficial and make the most profit and that you really could get beat where an extra month could just cut out like all almost all the profit you know depending yeah, on what your interest rate is it's really as you get more and more involved your eyes are really open to, to seeing just how impactful a schedule is and just how how many different things play a part in what that value of the property is and you know whether you can actually be successful at the end of it or not um so that's definitely one of those things which uh, you know i knew where it was what was important now i really know even more so yeah, definitely. Well, so is your was your next deal another flip, uh, fiction flip, or was, did you get into the multifamily LP deal after that? So I um, I got into a single another single family after that uh, prior to getting into multifamily, um, and that is that property is actually on the market right now. So that's uh, it's done, but you know we're waiting obviously to sell it. Um, and that was another used a different contractor, um, you know, and had had some issues on there too, which are playing an impactful role into, you know, um, where we are now in the market, which has changed, obviously. Um, so that one, you know, that was a bigger property, definitely presented more challenges just because um, it was older, it was bigger. And, you know, just there there are a lot of things that, that happen with, you know, foundational issues or water or, um, and uh, so that was, that presented its unique challenges, uh, but that's on the market and that hopefully, you know, will be, will be gone soon. Um, but as as I got into that property, I started to realize that I really wanted to you know scale up and do, do more, and so that's when I kind of transitioned into multifamily as well. And so my mindset has gone you know toward the commercial side, and obviously I need to sell this property, but I think I'm going to be moving you know to commercial the commercial side of real estate completely you know, after after the single family gets offloaded. Yeah, well, it sounds like a a common trajectory of a lot of investors realizing that commercial has a lot more. Um, possibilities and maybe a lot more profit and maybe fewer headaches in some respect, depending on what part of the business you're you're in. Um, I guess the way I, I meant that is that being an LP definitely seems a lot less nerve wracking than being a, a GP or doing a fiction flip on your own. Well, before we chat about that, I kind of want to know, Um, so you're selling it now in this market. I know that, I guess, the it's becoming less of a seller's market, transitioning a little bit to the buyer's market where there's less bids. It's obviously more expensive for people to get housing because um, interest rates are going up. So the cost of actually, you know, home owning is more expensive. But um, are you 
seeing that compared to your first deal? Um, you know, kind of like, what are your thoughts in terms of like this place in the market cycle for, for selling? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very accurate, you know, but the first deal that I had, um, it was, it was a good market for sellers at the time. Um, and that, it went pretty quickly. It went, you know, well, um, this property, you know, cause now, now that, you know, more involved and I'm, you know, I'm watching trends and I'm seeing what's going on and it's, you could just see it by, by just searching, you know, let's say the area that, that I'm in right now, just what, where the trends are going and things just, you know, are, things went down, um, you know, properties that sold at a certain price point are just, you just, you can't sell it at that point. It just, you know, it, it has, it's going to be lower. Um, and so that it pushes the, the, the costs down. There's no question about that. Um, and that's, you know, plays a big part into, into everything that we, we, we've been discussing. Um, in terms of buyers, um, you know, I, so I think, you know, once that cost goes down, it automatically kind of pushes it, you know, away from a seller's market to, to a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, from seeing what's going on in the area of that property, it's, it's sure that, that, that's a trend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, this is the whole thing, like the fix and flip business is a fun uh, business when everything's going up. Cause, you yeah. know, sometimes you might not even need to add the value to get in. You could just turn around and sell it for more just because that's the way the market's moving. But obviously um, to force appreciation is the way to um, adjust for the potential downside, but also maybe just to mitigate the, the loss that might happen if the market turns like it is now. So like we're kind of at that pivotal moment where like, you know, fix and flip is going to look less attractive because the next day it might be less expensive and people are going to be waiting till the bottom or trying to time the bottom, which obviously is hard. That's the issue with the short-term business where, um, you know, fix and flip, it's like, you know, it does depend on the market versus certain ways, certain real estate strategies are much longer term. You're holding it for the future, which, um, you know, might be the case with some, some multifamily uh, syndications, but um, in a way, I know those syndications are it'll still kind of rely on the market because in a way it's just a larger scale fix and flip just with a lot yeah. of different, you know, I heard that recently, right? That it's just, you know, just to fix and flip on a much, much larger scale, which is kind of true. Uh, but like you mentioned, and, and it's it's just a much longer play. It's, you know, it's a long, 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 long-term play, um, which changes kind of how those numbers work. You know, with single family, it's quick and really depends on what it looks like right now. Um, and with multifamily, just you have that time, you have the time to wait, you know, things can, you know, and like we know things go up, things go down. And so you can play to that market, whereas with single family, it's harder to play to that market. You know, I mean, you have, to, you have to play to the market where it is right now, as opposed to, oh, let's wait, let's wait, you know, six months. It doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, Especially so because you get cash flow from the commercial real estate. So, you know, there's something exactly. to, yeah, there's something giving you that options. I know in, in finance and real estate, because any, any sort of investing options is a, is a valuable thing. That's a, a monetary value to options because, you know, if something changes, you can, also change your business plan but but yeah yeah and so um that's you know i didn't think about it's obviously not a fix and flip but i didn't realize how the cash flow is definitely an important aspect into the options so that's that's pretty interesting yeah yeah i mean with single family you know you don't have that cash flow unless you know you're renting but you don't fix some flips you know it's it's that chunk change which you get in that specific market and that's it you know it's so um i'm much more i think much more uh of you know that the uh the cash flow you know type of properties that also have capital events and you know can be sold but but they have that cash flow that's really the important part and so that's that's really what part of what's what's driving me towards you know the commercial side yeah 
definitely. And um, I guess one more thing to say about the difference between multifamily <laughs> and single family is that um, that I think it's like really consequential and kind of is something that holds me up when I'm looking in, into investments is that the single family market is very much depend like the sale of single family assets is much more dependent on like sentiments and a lot of these external things around the property where like, you know, you have a tour and you come into a house and it's like, you have a family. It's like, oh, I can imagine growing uh, my kids living here, playing on the yard, like, you know, going to that high school, walking like a mile down the street. Yeah, I can imagine like, you know, this neighborhood seems like pleasant enough where and we're talking about the commercial real estate side. Everyone is evaluating it based on the cash flow and right. then you know, the cap rates relative to the cash flow. So it's really dependent on, can we increase the net income that this property generates, which is definitely a different picture than, can I imagine living here? Because, you know, people who are buying single family homes are not doing it for an investment. They're doing it mostly to live. So um, it's definitely a different mindset. So yeah, that's another thing. It's like harder to predict what people are going to feel about something right. versus right, right. what we can make the income. <laughs> the numbers are the numbers. You know, they, they, don't, they don't lie. You know, the numbers represent what that property is worth how it's doing you know for better or for worse and that that's how they're, they're evaluated so yeah i agree great so let's um so then yeah i guess we've kind of touched on what brought you to multifamily but how did your you just give us the details of your first deal um as much detail as you want but and then yeah how how it's going for you and, and how the experience is yeah so you know the first deal was it was a condo so it was like i mentioned it was small and the reason I started with that was because A, it was close to home um, and because it was easy to buy, you know, in terms of, in terms of the financials, I just you know, wrote a check for that. Um, thankfully I was able to. Um, and, you know, the, the condo, first of all, when I, when I got started in it, you know, like I mentioned it was small and I, I wasn't sure how, how it would sell, if it would sell well. And so I know now I'm never going to invest in a condo again. I just don't think it's really, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, but those are things that you, you, know, you, live, you live and you learn. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, we, had, we had a buyer lined up um, whose financing fell through. Um, and so if that buyer, that buyer would have, um, uh, you know, came through, it would have been a good deal. I would have actually made some, uh, some money on it. But because that financing fell through, it got pushed another, I think it was a month or two until another buyer was lined up. Um, and so that, that little bit of time changed the trajectory of, of how the deal went. And I ended up losing a little bit of money on it. Um, and so it wasn't a lot. And, you know, it was a great, it was a great lesson. And again, just timing, you know, and, and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but the way I look at it, you know, you know, it was the first deal is lost a little bit of money. And that was that loss, that money that I paid, quote unquote, was the you know education that I got. You really can't get anywhere else. Um, and so it's, I think it's important to have that type of mindset where, you know, things will just go wrong in real estate. Obviously, you want them to go good. Um, but, you know, for things to always be flawless, is just not the case. So you have to have a mindset where, um, you know, you just you take what goes in, you know negatively in, in a positive fashion um and you know because otherwise it'll you know it'll just beat you down and you know you never want to touch real estate again um and so with this with the second property that i'm in right now like i said we had some scheduling issues and you know due to the market again it's just it's not you know it's not looking great right now um 
but those are things, you know, those things are just sometimes out of your, you know, control, specifically the market, um, you know, and so it's, you know, even if it doesn't go well, you know, I, at least I know I'm not going to do single family again, I think. Um, but, but that's, these are great lessons that you just can't get anywhere else. So, you know, whether things go good or bad, you know, the education you get by just doing it um, is, is fantastic. You know, and here I am a year and a half later, you know, having a great, much greater understanding of, you know, the single family space, um, which has led me to the, you know, now commercial space. Um, and those are things that you just can't get by just, you know, sitting on the sidelines. You have to be active. You have to do that. So um, it's been a great experience in terms of education. You know, it's been a great experience. Um, I, I kind of coined a phrase um, for myself that, you know, uh, things, whether they go good or bad, um, you know, things that you get involved in um, are a great just education tool. Um, and so just, it's a big experience, I call it. You know, it just, it, 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 it changes you. So it's, yeah. it's, it's got as good and bad, but ultimately, you know, it's, it, it, it propels you down the road. Great. So now in what's, how, what's your experience with, um, multifamily and like how, and your, and being LP, how is that experience different? Um, you know, what, what are you learning from that? So, you know, that was, um, as I was kind of doing the single family stuff and I started to realize that I really wanted to do more, it wasn't as you know scalable as I wanted, um, somehow fell into multifamily um and um it was an idea that i you know kind of stuck in my head for a little bit um and eventually i started to pursue it and so i at the beginning of this year so about you know seven and a half months ago whatever it was um is when i really started to actively get involved and what that meant was for me was just you know to network to, to meet people to understand what people are doing what the processes all the different you know uh, terms, you know, and, and the language, because, you know, every, every industry has its own language. You have to learn kind of what things mean. You know, LPGP, those are things I didn't know what they meant, you know, uh, JV or, you know, 506 B or C, you know, kind of like really simple things. You have to learn those things. So I started to get involved and really just network people, um, talk to Sony people, great people, um, learned that it's a, a very collaborative space. You know, people just want to help each other, you know, talk to each other, provide resources, provide help. It's, it's really great. And that goes into showing it's, it's a team sport. You know, single family stuff is very, usually it's very lonesome. You know, you're doing it by yourself, but this is a very collaborative space. And so I quickly identified that being an LP would be a great opportunity to get involved. You know, being a GP off, you know, off the bat is, is a hard thing to do unless you have, you know, a couple million dollars in cash. That's great. You know, you could, you know, use that to, to invest, you know, that capital. Um, but I don't have that, you know, that much capital uh, to invest as of now. And so being an LP uh, on a smaller scale was, was a great way to get started. And so um, that's, that's the path I took to just get involved. Um, but ultimately, you know, want to find a role and find a path to a more active role. And it's been a, you know, the LP experience is, is good. You have to find a good operator, but otherwise, you know, if the deal is good and you know, do your research, ask questions, um, it's, it's a great way to get started. And if, if, you, if one doesn't want to go further to a GP role, you know, it's a great way to, to invest, you know, and, and get great returns and, and, you know, have your money work for, for more money. Right. And yeah, I think the advantage, um, one of the advantages of work of being an LP is that the person, the GP that you're investing with is doing this pretty probably full time, you know, this is like what they're doing. They're putting in, um, they have the expertise they've done before they, um, are, you know, adding value based on a business plan that 
they've cultivated and honed based on, you know, their resources and, and knowledge. Um, and you get this, um, you know, access to this economies of scale where, you know, you could add a little bit of value to a bunch of different units and all the people are willing to pay a little bit more in rent. And then it just trickles down and just increases the entire, um, you know, income of the property, which is obviously how um, real estate's valued. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a powerful thing to do as an investor because, um, you know, I've always kind of been skeptic, not skeptical, that when I when I was younger, I realized that I couldn't call up Tim Cook at Apple and say, you know, what's <laughs> going on with my investment? But here, like, you know the person you're investing with. You know that what they're doing is going to create something new and, like, make something better and add value where, um, you know, you kind of don't know everything that you don't know what is going behind every you hope that's what Apple's trying to do with every decision, but um, you know, you, you, there's no transparency there, which is um, definitely something that's um, interesting about real estate is where you can like, you're really there. It's, you know exactly what's happening and why it works. And um, yeah, so a lot to learn there, but yeah, I guess this is really cool because we're seeing your transition from single family to multifamily to wanting to get active on multifamily. But, um, and I know obviously networking is a big part of it, but what are you, how are you finding partners? Like, what is your, um, what's your idea for like a partnership and like what you want to do? So, you know, a big, big part of the, you know, finding partners is definitely the networking aspect. Um, what I've done is, you know, it, since, since I get started in the multifamily space, I've done a lot of networking virtually, which is great, uh, you know, to meet people, to get to know people on a certain scale. Um, but I think in order to, you know, actually find people to, um, you know, work with, you have to be a little more, active and that means you know trying to get in person you know being being going to events um so i went to an event in chicago um now it's probably two months ago time flies quick um mm -hmm. but uh, went to an event which was you know it was a multifamily uh event and that was you know a great way you know i met some people there that i have met virtually you know yeah. and talked to virtually and have you know relationship with virtually but virtual is only so good is only you know good up until some point a certain point so Getting, getting there in person and, and meeting people and meeting new people um, is a fantastic way to, I really think, expedite the process of finding, you know, a real partnership. And I think it's, it's a, it's a patience thing. You know, it's, it takes time. You want it to happen overnight, you know, and nothing happens. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen like that. It just doesn't work. So I think the process is to just get in front of people, um, but, and just really, really start identifying just who you're looking for perhaps what markets, you know, you're interested in specific types of assets that you're interested in um, and just trying to really, you know, narrow down those types of people. And it's, it, I'm in the beginning of that process, but I think it just takes a lot of, you know, you have to be in person, you have to get in person, you have to really have that mindset of, oh, I, I need to work with somebody, I need to find somebody. And, you know, you know, let's say you meet somebody new, you know, size them up. Do they, you know, do they have the same goals, same passions, same, you know, do they want the same things, um, you know, and, it's sometimes it's just a matter of asking a question. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, uh, bringing up an idea to somebody. So you have to really, it should be proactive. You know, the more proactive you are, I think the better chance you want to have really trying, you know, getting together a team. Yeah. So, um, our, so yeah, let's bring that farther. So what are you looking for in a partner? Are you looking for someone who has more experience with than you or someone that you can, you know, has different skills than you that, you know, you could both start, with something together but yeah like what are what are the key things you're looking for and what do you feel like are the skills you're missing that you you want to find and then the skills that you have that you want to bring to the table 
Sure. So I think, you know, um, what, one of the skills that I, I certainly have is, you know, using my background in, in the construction industry, just having an understanding of, um, you know, materials, purchasing with logistics, you know, vendor relationships, things like that. Um, and I think that that's something that is something that I can offer. You know, people always stress in this industry is, you know, you, you need to offer something to help, you know, if you want to join a team, if you want to create a team, what can you offer? What can one offer to you? It's about helping each other. When you help somebody else, they can help you. That's that's what it, that's what it's about. So that's something that I can offer. Um, and I think you know the underwriting part is I've done it for my single family stuff. For multi family, it's a little bit different. Um, but I you know so I have some experience in the single family side. You know where I don't have experience with is, is capital raising. You know, and I'm taking a course in it right now actually. Um, and hopefully you know to, to brush up on some skills in that in that. Um, Part of the process so i think i can offer you know my background um and i'm looking for somebody who you know has um you know experience doing other parts of of uh the process certainly you know I, i'd love to learn you know all of it but it's one thing at a time so i you know i'd love to learn the other parts of it um and i think i, I think i'd like somebody with a little more experience you know I, it would make me feel a little more comfortable <laughs> um but there's also a, a pro of of you know, having somebody with equal experience, you can just learn together. Um, but also, if, if I had to, if I had to pick and choose, you know, some more experience, who can, you know, answer some questions and, and make sure that we're on the on the right path, would probably be the better way to do it. But um, you know, either way, probably works. <laughs> right, and I I feel the same way that um I definitely would want to that it's the part that holds me up about finding investments is the not feeling like I have the confidence to um to close on it just because I haven't done it before and I don't know exactly how to do it. And like, I know theoretically how to do it. I've learned a ton about real estate. I understand all the concepts, but it's different than executing on a business plan. So I definitely would want to like, it doesn't give me the confidence to know that someone is like, yeah, like I have done this before. This is what, this is how it goes. Like, and then, you know, I think once I have one of those deals that it won't be long before I, I have the same confidence and I'm able to maybe even be that to someone else who's, um, you know, it's different skills that they can bring to the table, just um, on the flip side. But in terms of your skills, could you kind of tell us a little bit more about like what you do um, in construction and kind of like what you, yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely an important part of the, the industry that you, that you work in. So just curious to see like, you know, what does it look from, look like from your, your point of view in that sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I've been in the industry now for about eight years. We're coming up on eight years um, working for companies on the East Coast, uh, working for companies that are national. Um, and so my role, you know, I work for, for some contractors who supply material to contractors and pretty much work in a, in a sales and business development type role, um, working directly with contractors, with architects on, you know, making sure that we're providing them with what, what they need. And so I've worked on, you know, projects of all sizes and sectors. Um, and it's just, it's provided me with a unique insight onto just, you know, how, how the contractors operate, you know, what they look for, what they need, how, how the schedule works, you know, what the different language they use, um, and, you know, having relationships with, you know, various vendors and, and, um, you know, manufacturers and understanding kind of products, you know, what, what, what's needed or what's out there. And so, um, you know, being in the industry, you know, helps. I think, you know, with understanding just relationships with vendors, manufacturers, dealing with contractors, you know, how they operate. Um, and so I think it, you know, provides, you know, great experience into just the, the flow of construction. 
which is very different than, you know, some people in the real estate space have a great, you know, uh, mind for finance. They come from the finance world. So they're great at underwriting, they're capital raising. This is, that's what they do. But construction is a whole other animal. You know, it's very different than just, you know, you know, raising some capital or, or underwriting a property. There's a lot that goes into it, uh, the process and, and everything. Um, so I think that's, you know, having that background um, helps just understand kind of how things work. And it's, it's helped me, you know, to do my single family stuff. You know, it's, you know, I'm able to jump into it and not be intimidated by, you know, how we're going to do it. How are we, you know, demoing the thing? What are we building? What are we, how are we designing? What are we buying? Um, so it helps really help me with, you know, with what I've done. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's definitely, I can definitely agree with that because I understand multifamily and single family and just underwriting, um, from the finance perspectives, like, look, like I know exactly like how to model out this business plan and like how this would look and like how to calculate the returns and how to like identify the risks. However, it's like, it's so theoretical compared to like, okay, yeah, that's all great. How do you actually do it? Like, you know, what do you actually have to bring to the table? And like, how long does it actually take to get these materials? Like, I'm really thinking about it in a theoretical sense where like, you you would be the one to provide some color to that understanding where like, yeah, like you make that assumption, but like, there's no way you can get that material in one month and do, and there's no way you can get a contractor to build that in two weeks. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, like that totally changed the model. But, um you know, at least that kind of skill together really um would illuminate like and the the investment and kind of um you know yeah like so it's it's interesting because um i started to realize that i don't actually have the skills to or don't really have the knowledge of the part that you know because like i built a, a single family um like the like i wanted to build i wanted to see if i could build a single family home from scratch so i built an entire model to to figure out like if i could build a single family home and i was like wait I don't know how and how much anything costs. I have no idea how to get these things. Right. I, I try to call up a builder and say like, I didn't even know what questions to really ask. So um, yeah, I mean, definitely a lot to learn, but uh, it's um, you know, it's interesting to get that that perspective. So definitely a valuable skill. Yeah, I I I think so. Um, it, it's helped me a lot, you know, in what I what I've been doing. I, I'm certain that you know it'll be of you know further use as I continue down you know, the commercial side of things. Um, but like, like you mentioned, it's, it's knowing what to ask, you know, what do you, what do you need to know? You know, if you don't even know what you need to know, how do you ask the right questions to get the information? So it's, it's a good, good background to have to at least, you know, know what to ask. Definitely. Well, um, on that note, are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Sweet. Okay. So first question is what superpower would you want if you could choose any superpower? Ah, that's a good question. I'm going to go with invisibility. Um, you know, I think that just, you know, enables you to operate really behind the scenes. You know, I like to do that sometimes in, in real life, but it's hard to do, you know, being, being invisible. So, um, I think that would be, that would be a cool, uh, cool, uh, uh, superpower to have. Sweet. So what's your favorite book or what's the one that's helped you the most? So, you know, I've read, you know, there's so many books and, you know, I am part of different groups and chats and, you know, the amount of books that people, uh, recommend are, or it's a long list, but I think the one book um, that actually changed the course of what I, what I, what I, what I'm doing with real estate and got me started is actually a book that's not even related to real estate. It's called, um, how I built this, uh, by Guy Raz. Guy Raz is a, is an NPR host of a show called how I built this, where he interviews entrepreneurs of 
all shapes and sizes, small, you know, mom and pop shops to actually, you know, huge companies and interviews them and, and illustrates a story of how they got there. And so I've, I've listened to his podcast for years and they're always so, so interesting to provide great just information and background into a lot of the companies we utilize on a day-to-day basis. Um, but when he wrote this book based on that podcast, I read it and it just, it gave me that boost of confidence to, to realize that I can just, if I have a passion, if I want to do something, then just go after it. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a superpower. You don't have to have, you know, any sort of, um, you know, special skill. You know, if you, if you want to do it, you go after it, you learn as you go. And that book actually propelled me to get involved in real estate just because I wanted to do it. didn't know how I read it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know how I'm never going to know how, if I don't ask where we'll do it. So I jumped right into it after reading that actually. It's awesome. Yeah. I've definitely heard a couple of podcast episodes. They're awesome. So yeah, I didn't realize there was a book though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what motivates you to continue every day? So I think that's, it's the, the big why, right? People, people coin that phrases, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and I think it's just, I think it's the realization that I want to use my, my time and, and money for, for great, for greater things. Um, and, you know, working for, you know, working as, uh, as a W2, provides a lot of opportunity, but there, there's constraints. So I, I want to be able to use my money to my money to work for more money, to, to make more money, you know, to cash flow and to just get outside the box of W2, get outside that realm, do more. Um, I think there's just a lot of opportunity by, you know, trying to con- control your time and, 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 you know, set your own boundaries and do what you want to do. And I think real estate, you know, is, is a big vehicle in that, in that, you know, ability. And so it's about just, more time freedom um, and being able to do what I want when I want, you know, that's, that's, that's the big why. Awesome. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? Be patient. I think is the first thing. Um, I remember when I first started, I was, I was certain that things would take off really quick and I'd be out on my own, you know, quite, quite quickly. Um, And it just doesn't happen like that. If it does, you know, that's, that's a, that's a great, it's a good look. Um, but you know, it's patience is the first thing, um, ask questions. Um, you know, you, you, you never know anything. And certainly as a beginner, you know, very little about what there is to know, um, and asking questions and, and listening to answers is, is, is a great, just tool, great skill to have. You really get to learn if you talk to people, your peers, people who are more experienced, I, I would say patience, ask questions, um, and be ambitious. You know, it's, um, you know, don't hold yourself back, you know, shoot for big goals, um, but have patience getting to those goals. Awesome. So since I put you on the spot, I want to give you a chance for revenge. So feel free to ask me anything you want to know about me. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, wow, I didn't prep for this at all. What's, uh, what's your favorite <laughs> food? If you, uh, what, what, what's uh, the one thing that always, always looks good to you? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. So I have a couple of favorite foods. I wouldn't I? I'd have to I have to mention them all because it's that's it depends. But um, big staple definitely uh, sushi. I love sushi. It's uh, my my family eats a lot of sushi. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good always. Um, I like steak. Can't can't uh help myself but have a, a nice a nice steak. And then I guess my my favorite food, my most versatile favorite food is fried rice. That um. You know, like, I don't know if you've ever been to Benihana, but Benihana has the best fried rice. It's, like, super buttery. It's, like, delicious. 
And like, I always try to make that for myself. So like, that's the one thing that like I can make actually pretty well that I have pretty often. And it's definitely, um, definitely one of my favorite foods and gotta, gotta give a shout out to pasta. Like it's just gotcha. pasta, yeah, pasta, pasta is always a good thing. Fried rice is an interesting one. That's, I don't hear that very often. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the butter. You can, you can fit a lot of butter in there. <laughs> Got it. Uh, cool. if, you had, if you had a million dollars, what would you do with a million dollars? Yeah, I would. Um, that's that's an easier question. I could. Uh, I'd invest it into <laughs> real estate, pretty much. I would. Um, I mean, we we at the beginning of the episode we said how starting out with a million dollars wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, I would probably want to get some. Um, probably invest it into myself, right? So invest it into you know, a deal where I'd learned the most and like having a million dollars in the industry, like a lot of people are looking for capital. So it wouldn't be too hard. I don't think to find someone who, you know, would, that would be valuable from like joining into a GP team with a million dollars. Yeah. So um, definitely would find some place to invest in real estate, but um, maybe you'd also try out uh, investing as an LP just for the diversity, right? If I'm going to do a value add multifamily, maybe I'd want to take that million dollars and invest it as a passive investor in, industrial or self-storage or somewhere where I can get like diversity across business plans and asset classes. And then, yeah, I mean, I'd even look into angel investing and or, or venture capital and like maybe find some exposure to ambitious companies that have the potential of being unicorns. But I'm not going to say that those are by any way, like all home runs, right? Most of them fail, but maybe there's something I'm super passionate about where I can finally, you know, be that catalyst that gets someone to the next level also has a chance of having very high returns and setting me up for like a, a very um fruitful investing career. That's awesome. That's a good, I like that last one, venture capital, you know, that's, that's great. Um, you know, that's, it's really also to help people realize, you know, their dreams. Um, so that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Who knows, maybe uh, find some, some uh, coders and, and code up a, a software company <laughs> too. <laughs> that's the yeah. way, that's the way to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, um, yeah. Any final remarks or, uh, anything or where can the audience find you to, to learn more about you and maybe, um, reach out, you know, have a, have sure. a conversation. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I, I was a LinkedIn lurker for a long time. Um, but you know, as of, you know, getting into commercial real estate and, um, you know, just focusing on networking, you know, try to be very active. Um, so find me on there, drop me a, a message, connect with me. I, I always love, you know, enjoying, uh, yeah, I enjoy very much meeting with, you know, new people, especially in this space, but really any space. Um, so you can find me on there. Pretty active. Awesome. Yeah. That's where we met too. So, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great, great place. Definitely. Um, feel like out of all the social medias I get to hang out on. That's the, that's the one where, um, spend the most time because there's, you know, some, it feels more productive. It feels like you actually, you're meeting people. You're actually, um, you know, most of the things you see are educational. It's, uh, yep, yep. Yeah. it's actually, it's the only social media platform I have. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I have a couple of them, but I, that's the one I pretty much, that's pretty much the only one I use at this point, but, yep. um, yeah, it definitely took some discipline to get to that point. <laughs> well, awesome. I appreciate you coming on the show. It was great to chat and, um, really appreciate having your perspective where, you know, not everyone on the show is, um, you know, has been doing it for like a million years, but to actually sh- see someone who, um, you know, I maybe I have more in common with or closer to your trajectory than some of the some of the big hitters we've had on the show. So it's really um, valuable for me to have that perspective and for everyone listening. So appreciate you taking the the time to come on the show. For sure, it's uh, you know, this is 
part of my, you know, trying to, to network and just being more and more active. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and it's, it was great to be on here. Well, thanks again, Aaron. And everybody, keep making milestones. Before you go, I just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in to another awesome episode of Real Estate Milestones. If you've been enjoying the show and you'd like to offer your support, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to increase the show's visibility and help the message get out to a greater audience. I really appreciate your time and support, and keep making milestones.